Hello and welcome to Out on Her Fanny. A podcast about the nanny. I'm Ben. And I'm Mandy. And how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. We ate food and watched the nanny, which are my favorite things. Yeah, we've been, I feel like we've been doing a lot of that. <laughs> a lot of both of those things. Uh, just a, a, a lot. Yeah. Consistently. Yeah. You know what? Uh, do you know what, which episode we watched? Uh, we watched uh, My Fair Nanny, I think, was episode yes. three, right? Do you want to just jump straight into it? I want to say else. I don't know what else. Is, I mean, at the moment, we did just get a new mattress. I want to. St- I think this is an important uh, thing I mean, for us to discuss. Yeah, but we're not. We're not sponsored by mattress. No, we're not sponsored by mattress. You want to find out how how good the mattress is? Helix, call us. Yeah, give us. Well, we just get and it gave him the brand name now. So, Belix. 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 Helix. Felix the cat. We won't tell whether the mattress is good, but it does mean at the moment we do have the old mattress. Sitting in our living room, which has been nice. We've been we we we've been lying down on it to watch TV. Yeah, we watched the Snyder Cut or the second half of the Snyder Cut on it last night. Do we want to talk about the Snyder Cut very briefly? What are we? What about? I mean, at this point, by the time that this comes out, we're like, oh, it's, why are people talking about Snoot Coot? Snoot the Snoot Coot. Uh, the, uh, boy howdy, there were a lot of choices that Zach made. Yeah, he made some choices. I tweeted this at the time after we finished watching it. Good for Zach that he got to finish making his version of the story uh, bad for us for watching it i guess i i don't i don't want this to become a Zack snyder's justice league discussion cast but i did feel like we had to talk about the mattress i feel that's very important i think our listeners deserve to know that there's been a change in our sleeping arrangements it hasn't changed while well, it the change was already happening before this podcast started <laughs> But I also feel like our listeners deserve to know that uh, what we thought of the the the, the snood coot. The snood coot, which it was it was a thing that exists. Snood. He made a, a bit of a second movie and just like glued it on the end there. Yeah. We didn't need that. No. Should we talk about the nanny instead? Yeah. Let's talk about something that makes sense and isn't four hours long. Yes. Yeah. So here we are, the nanny season one episode three, my fair nanny. So they uh, start off with a little bit of going to the park. Fran hands Maxwell and Brighton some brand new gloves. And brand, teach, they still got the tags on. Still had the tags on them. Went to Dick's, got uh, themselves some gloves. Trying to teach them, but like, okay, and this is how you play catch in the park. You throw, and then he throw, and then you go back and forth, which... In fair, how much how much cash did you play as a young British child, Benjamin? Exactly zero. Yeah, cash. it's so, not it's not a thing that we do. No. So it's very much. This is very much. This is one of those examples of of Fran kind of introducing part of her culture to these English people and wearing a ball cap. How many ball caps did your English father wear? My dad fucking loved a ball cap my dad loved a baseball cap yeah he had a vast collection of baseball caps what was his dumbest ball cap his dumbest i mean most of his ball caps he got from disney so almost (laughs) all of them he did have one that was like it was it was the mickey mouse symbol kind of the 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 silhouette but it was made of like dragons okay because they sold that at disneyland Yeah, that's a little on the nose for your father Mm -hmm, that's my dad yeah um, anyway, so they do that, and then there's a bit, uh, Gracie has a kite, and talking about ki- kites and making them, like, a metaphor for, for men. men. 
Yeah. I kind of like a really cute guy. You give him some slack, let him fly free. Then at the end of the day, you yank his string and reel him back in. And you hang him on a hook till you want to use him again. And I'm teaching you? It doesn't seem like it's something that's going to connect at all. It does connect slightly. A little bit. Yeah. Not a lot. It's it's not very... There's not a lot of connecting tissue between this cold open. This is yeah, just the fun you, bit, mostly. Yeah, it definitely feels like something of, like, we need to fill out the, yeah. the segment. And yeah. so we're going to do this opening. Yeah. And then they well, we cut the credits. There, they, they, there is a callback to this later when Maxwell decides he wants to throw the ball in the house after being explicitly yeah, told by not, Niles not to do that. Yeah, and he's doing it. Like, the whole reason why Fran is showing him how to do this so he can bond with his son, and he chooses instead, no, I'm going to bond with the butler. Oops. Catch, butler! Let's bond with the butler. Oops, I broke an ancient vase. Yes. To which Niles responds, Oh, well, one less thing to dust. I, I expected a kind of, an almost a Futurama style that's coming out of your pay joke. Mm-hmm. which never came probably because we're supposed to like Maxwell yeah but uh, the crux of the narrative hinges on Maggie so Cece comes yes. um, one morning and she was like oh I introduced to I can't remember something Wentworth so it's yeah. the entire time it's but- JG Wentworth 877 cash now I assume <laughs> that she is a she- Wentworth of yes. the Went- of the JG Wentworths yes JG Wentworth she her her legal name is eight seven seven Cash Now Wentworth. Yes. <laughs> so eight seven seven Cash Now, who I guess had previously donated a lot of money to their previous yeah, like fifty thousand uh, to their previous product. It's like, oh, she, I was talking with her and I talked about how you have a teenage daughter and she invited her to be a debutante. Everyone's excited, like, hey, Maggie gets to be a debutante, except for Maggie. Maggie is not she doesn't want to do it at all. Which, like, in fairness, you were being paraded around, like even. All of the sketchiness of debutante balls where it's like you get paraded around for men to stare at you. She's literally being thrown out so that her dad can get money for Uh a party. Um, So it's on top of it a little on the nose. But even uh, so, uh, Maggie asks Fran and Fran's like, I'm I'm agreeing with Cece. Uh, I think that'd be a good thing for you to do. Uh, to get uh, Maggie out of her shell, because as yeah. we have noted, she is uh, in these early episodes. She's very shy and withdrawn. Yeah. There is th- the idea that Fran and Cece would agree on something is itself posited as kind of a shock, even though they haven't really they haven't butted heads. Yeah. Yeah, at all. I mean, Cece has definitely said things about Fran, yeah. but it, half the time Fran isn't even really It's all been there. behind her back. Yeah. Yeah, uh, or veiled when it has, it's been kind of, I mean, even veiled, there hasn't been a lot of that. I think there's been one veiled backhanded compliment, but it's mostly been while Fran has been not present. So this idea that, what it feels like, and maybe I'm wrong, it feels like this is an episode that, Maybe they're produced out of order and this episode would have run mm-hmm. later in the show. But I also think having it be the third episode of the season makes the most sense. Yeah, especially like the previous episode we had like a Brighton focus and this one definitely has a Maggie focus. Yeah. Because after that, Fran uh, talks to Maggie privately and Maggie's like, I don't want to do this because all the girls who do the debutante things, it's always like the rich popular girls in my school. Which, not the not the rich girls because Maggie is the rich girls. Yes. I just... I it's, being the poor being the poor girl who went to a rich school. I associate popular girls with yes. rich girls, and forgetting that Maggie <laughs> just default the popular yeah. girl. But Fran gives her some advice on how to be like cool. How to 
and it's not even like a how to be cool of like you should do this or this. It's like specifically the conversation points that you need to have to ingrain yourself and like particularly of like, oh, don't go after the most popular one. Go after like whoever is the lowest on the totem pole. Find the low man on the totem pole and make you move. You see, no one ever listens to her, so she'll be grateful and wide open for infiltration. How do I infiltrate? Choose from the three universal topics. Boys, clothes, and Bobby Sherman. Bobby who? <laughs> okay, Marky Mark, but he doesn't have half the talents of Bobby. And it's very, I mean, I know everyone points to Mean Girls of... It's being real about how much of a competition being a teenage girl is. And this just had it just out. Yeah, there it is. Boom. Yeah. yeah. And do all these things. And the next thing we see is uh, Maggie talking on the phone with somebody and like hitting all the three points. That sweater you wore today is just gorgeous. Sure, no wonder Jason Matthews has a crush on you. Don't you think he looks just like Marky Mark? Three universal topics and sucking up. Grand slam. So the Marky Mark is supposed to be a now reference and... Uh, because Fran's reference was Bobby Sherman, which just makes me think of Marge Simpson telling Lisa that her first crush was Bobby Sherman. <laughs> Bobby Sherman? Yeah, because they're, they're the same. They got yeah. the, the hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Marge, Marge is the Simpson nanny. and Fran Fine would be friends. They'd be confirmed. BFFs. Hashtag blessed. Yeah, probably not the right hashtag, but never <laughs> mind. But yeah, and it's it, this is the point where it is revealed that they are doing uh, a little soiree. Yes. But, um. So Fran is going to put yeah. on a society tea, and this is when uh, Cece comes in and she hears Maggie on the phone telling the daughter of eight seven seven Cash Now Wentworth. <laughs> Who I don't what's the what's the daughter's name? Um I'm, Oh no the daughter is the education connection <laughs> girl. I'm looking for an hourly wage. I went to high school, didn't do great. So Maggie telling education connection went worth uh, to bring it to Peter Salad and CC over here so like what the hell? And Fran's like, Yeah, it's a potluck. It's yeah, fine. Um, we're going to do a potluck. We're doing a Sunday bar and a fortune teller. And she does she use a Romani does slur there. use a Romani slur because it's the 90s. It's the 90s. I mean, we say it's the 90s. Like, people don't do that now. Yeah. But it's not okay. It's not okay. CC is like, you're going to make a fool of everyone. Basically gets in Fran's head about how Fran is not knowledgeable or skilled or just generally equipped yeah, to like you're host gonna a lose, society soiree. You're going to lose us a bunch of money. You're going to embarrass Maggie and just like really putting up the stakes here of like, here's an important thing. And you doing the nanny thing is going to be bad yeah. for everyone. So then, don't be the nanny. Don't don't be you. <laughs> yeah. So be someone else. Fran goes to see uh, Niles and Maxwell and asks them to make her fancy. Yeah. Uh, it's literally like when they're having the conversation, there's a poster of My Fair Lady like framed behind yeah. her. Um, so you can just see. So it's like, so we know exactly what is yeah, we, happening. We know exactly what is happening here. It is, of course, based on the ABC television series Selfie. <laughs> um, is what happens here with uh, Karen Gillan and John Cho, I want to say. Yes. Yeah. You've never seen Selfie. I have not seen I Selfie. Lo- I love Selfie. So yes. I got canceled. So this show, this episode is Selfie. But it's like, I mean, they do a montage that is basically almost exactly like the My Fair Lady thing. Yeah. Like, 
having her with the marbles yes. and doing How Now Brown Cow. Some very good jokes, like when she's got the, she spits out the marbles and says, I've swallowed three and passed two. Yeah. Um, there's also a great bit of they're commenting on her accent and mm. she fires back about like Niles and Maxwell having their own accent. That's because we're British. Yes, we can say anything we like and people think it's Shakespeare. <laughs> Which is, that's such a great moment because of those two actors, only one of them is genuinely English. And it's not the one people thought it was. Yes. But also Niles has some really, really good one-liners in this episode, like mm-hmm. his talk about... Yes, I'm very proud of my command of both the fancy and the schmancy. <laughs> the, and, and then there's the other line where they're at the, the soiree, and he talks about how... Literature, the weather, and the lively arts are such narrow topics, one must invariably turn to flatulence for inspiration. <laughs> like, this is such a great episode for Niles Zingers. Yeah, he gets to do so many things. I always thought that Niles was supposed to be gay. Really? Yes. Interesting. I mean, part of it is just like they made him British and he's fancy. And, and so he's it's sassy. Very, it, yeah, it, it's the sassy that really is it. It's not only that he is fancy, because I mean, Maxwell is fancy, but he's fancy and he wants you to know that he's fancier than you. I want to ask you a question. Do you, the, the name of this actor, I think, was it David Davis? Yeah, or? Daniel Davis. Daniel Davis. Let me ask you a question about Daniel Davis. Between this and playing opposite Patrick Stewart in Star Trek The Next Generation as Moriarty, do you think every time he gets cast to play an English person with that accent and he finds out he's going to be playing opposite someone who's actually from England, do you think he thinks, oh, fuck. Yeah, ah, yeah. shit. <laughs> ah, now I, oh, I've got to do the accent in front. Oh, I'm going to be so embarrassed. It's so awkward. I mean... Fuck. Ben, you know the answer to that because you know how many Americans love to do their British accent with yeah, you. And it, but so whenever you go to convention, they oh, talk to you the whole time. I don't want it. I don't need it. It's like going to the Ren Fair and they hear my accent and they're like, oh, what? Oh, friend. Yes. What say you? Let us converse on the subject of merriment. I, I, I <laughs> would like you to stop because you are giving me ear pains. Yeah. I'm going to die. People generally thought that Maxwell was faking his accent mm. and that Niles was real. Which blows my mind because Maxwell is Yeah, he's is English. I can but hear. I feel, but I feel like he has the same issue that you have of he has been in America long enough that he's yeah. speaking with an American cadence. I th- well, here's the thing. When I watched this show in England, I Maxwell English. Like there was never any question like mm. his he sounds authentically English. And I was always on the fence about Niles, especially recognizing him as Moriarty from Star Trek yeah. The Next Generation. And uh, it could also be because like he's doing a performance what's so very yeah. performative, whereas you're used to when you're hearing British accents, you're used to just fucking people. Yeah, which is Maxwell nailed it. Like that's yeah. because that's because how he's, he's a person. Yeah. It's like, I, th- I think one of the things that's interesting is like how people in the UK, whenever they watch House and they see Hugh Laurie's house and they go, oh, his American accent is atrocious. And then you have Americans who aren't familiar with Hugh Laurie outside of House who watch it and it doesn't even occur to them that he could be yeah, anything other than I didn't know until American. like years yeah. later. And it was like so like weird hearing his regular accent, especially because because he does for his American accent pitch so low that when yeah. he goes up, like his regular speaking voice is higher pitched. Yeah. Like, this is different. Yeah, his is a voice that I associate with toilet paper. Because he did a lot of voiceover for toilet paper commercials. <laughs> really? Yes. What were his toilet paper commercials? I cannot I think it might have been Andrex. And then they cycled in other celebrities. So like, the, the mascot for Andrex was the Andrex puppy. Which is just a puppy. It's not a puppet. It's not like the, the bear... Mm-hmm. For the, the 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 downy bear or whatever it is, it, it literally just just this little like 
blonde Labrador puppy uh, with toilet paper, and then they would get like Rick Mail or someone to dub the dog for a bit, <laughs> and then they would hand it off to someone else. So anyway, they continue. Uh, they're talking to Fran about first it's the way that she speaks and then they go through a closet and they're throwing out things and it is interesting that this stuff that i believe niles is holding stuff that one of them is a jacket that she was wearing in the first episode yeah that and kind of one, watermelon yeah one, one of yeah. a watermelon collar and then there's another one that she's holding that i don't know if she's worn it in previous ones but she does wear it in one of the later episodes yeah so it's like this is the actual costumes yeah. that she is wearing which is one of the things that makes me think that this might have been shot out of order mm-hmm. uh, they're doing things like they can't find anything in the closet they pick out uh her dress bag as the only thing that she could yeah. possibly wear. Two armholes and a string of pearls. <laughs> Good work. And did you notice, like, when they when they are at the soiree later, and someone compliments her dress, and Niles says Niles acknowledges yeah. it? Like, the implication is that that kind of triangular white, yeah, uh, that like he blazer put it jacket, together. yeah, that he's the one who put it yeah. together from her dress bag, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he was like, oh, there's some sleeves and some pearls and then it'll, yeah. it could work. She does the thing where she's balancing a book on her head mm-hmm. and she's doing it fine. But they're like, no, your hips are a problem because you sway your hips when you walk because you're trying to be sexy. And you have to like, these women don't have any hips and flat bums. Yeah. Also a thing of like the Niles could be gay and be like, like Maxwell's who's looking and Niles just does a grimace and be like, oh, because you don't like women. You just don't like women. <laughs> And then we get the party itself, and uh, it's very, very classy and sophisticated, which are two synonyms for boring. Yeah, and Fran's introduction, again, she's wearing, like, dressed a lot like Cece, actually. Yes. But having, like, very big shoulder pads, all solid colors. Solid colors. Uh, Her hair very simple slicked back colors, yeah. entirely. And the way that she's speaking, she speaks very slowly. Please excuse me for being tardy, but I was on the phone with my mother, and she can be such a yenter. <laughs> Even though we watch the subtitles, and the subtitles say, enunciating every word. <laughs> yes. As she speaks so yes. very slowly. And there's even some humor there, because she's doing that, and she's really faking the voice, and uh, 877 Cash Now Wentworth spots her. <laughs> and it's like, who's this creature? Creature, and then they talk with each other and she's able to uh code switch and yeah. present herself as that but, but she doesn't have the vocabulary so she's just talking about farts yeah it's in many ways it's like loading a new skin over on winamp mm-hmm. where you still have a disappointing program but now it looks like it might not be the program that has been disappointing <laughs> you yeah mm. they're still having issue and uh niles and maxwell grab her and like can't talk about farts which is where the joke about farts comes in and so but she's still going around and talking about the time her uncle died on the couch watching baseball yes. and just not they didn't spend a lot of time on the conversation subjects which they were shown talking about it but the only bit from that was that they did something with their laugh of like oh if you have to laugh then just do a tiny little ha 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 and then stop and they do a callback to that word yes. now like stops her a good visual bit of it's almost yeah. like a like like a ventriloquist dummy yeah uh but maggie and her friends are so bored they are the most bored they've ever yeah, been Yeah, and maggie is being mocked by these girls because yeah. she pitched this as like oh it's gonna be a super fun party so maggie uh confronts fran about it fran's like oh isn't this so fancy which i get in the sense of 
Fran's never been in a party like this. And the fact yeah. that she's succeeding at being fancy yeah. is a big deal. And like, so part of me, even though I get Maggie's thing of like, oh, well, I wanted the, f-, like, you don't know a poor has never been to a fancy party. <laughs> let the poor go to a fancy let party. The poor, let the poor have their fancy. But Maggie throws a tantrum or she gets very upset. Yeah. And then I, they go. I, I wouldn't describe it as a tantrum. I think yeah, that she, she was expecting one thing. She has an and, outburst. Yeah, yeah. That's probably the uh, Has from, an outburst. Yeah. It goes to the kitchen and then Fran and Maggie talk. They have uh, a heart to heart in the yeah. kitchen. Maggie like has a very nice thing of going like. I can't believe you dressed up like a geek and ruined my party. It's the nicest thing anyone has ever done for me. Really yeah. understanding where Fran comes yeah, from, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, I, because I, I, I generally think that there was nothing malicious. There was nothing yeah. malicious about and, what what Fran was trying to do. Yeah, and there's something of uh, so many sitcoms rely on everyone complains about the misunderstanding being yeah. the like the source of comedy. So it is kind of a, like just having someone like explaining each other's point of view and having it understand yeah, that. Yeah, and that's like, so crucial as well. Like, of, like, Maggie fully understands, oh, I see, like, you were trying to do something yeah. very good for me, but what I wanted was a you party. Yeah, and as soon as Fran realizes that, they, they yeah, immediately change tack. And do her hair, which is... So, because her hair was in this very tight chignon, and the next time she's like, oh, take out my hair, and the next thing she has, like, the big poofy hair again. I'm like, that doesn't... That's... You just have your hair that's still shaped like that, but kind of falling to the side. That's what happens when I, you undo it. I bet what happened is they shot the last scene first and then did her hair back and shot that stuff. No. No, really? I mean, not like, because the way her hair is, like her hair would have to be straightened. Like mm. It wouldn't matter what thing they did. They would have to stop to do hair makeup again yeah. because there's no like tying back yeah I, I imagine that bit would have been done i imagine this episode would have been shot out of order because typically with sitcoms unless there is a visual oh yeah i'm just yeah. saying that there's no way like if anything it would be it would be easier to go from that uh Shinyan to go to the big poopy mm. hair just because it's easy it's easier to tease out hair than it is to tame it back in okay that makes sense um, but it's still the idea of like she's been gone from the party ten minutes and has the babes like no that's an hour yeah. that's an hour. <laughs> it could have been an hour. We don't know. I mean the 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 fortune teller arrives and the 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 Sunday bar is set up. That's all stuff that could have taken place over an hour. Yeah. So it's uh, entirely possible. But then she's talking yeah. to to eight seven seven Cash Now Wentworth. Eight seven seven Cash Now. She's just being herself. Friends, just being yeah, entirely being herself. Her- I love this bit because uh, the Wentworth woman is bragging about her. Her family came on the Mayflower. Yes. And friends like we landed on Ellis Island. They changed our names, and now we don't know who the hell we were. I love that as someone who uh, always hearing people was like, "Oh, we trace our line back for all these things." But like, "Oh, good for you." A lot of us don't have that luxury. Yeah, that's not something that. many people can do i have that on uh like one side of my family my mom's side or her sister has gone really back into the genealogy stuff like Mm. that and like i don't know my own biological grandmother's name oh wow (laughs) but like that genealogy stuff stops real quick yeah so it's like having someone brag about them like that doesn't have anything and it just goes a tease on her because she's dressed in like a big collar and a buckle and be like oh i didn't see i didn't get it because of the hat yeah (laughs) But yeah, she 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 bonds with eight seven seven cash now. Eight seven seven cash now. And eight seven seven cash now gives cash. Gives cash, yeah. Or gives a check. Yes, or, like, because uh, she 
encourages Maxwell to call JG Wentworth 877 Cash now, and he doesn't, he, he gets her to back the play. And that's the, that's kind of it. Yeah. Really? It ends with, there's a fortune teller who I guess is a special guest. I don't think I don't recognize, because she got applause. She did get applause. I tell you for the hundredth time, I see no tall, dark, handsome, nothing in your future. <laughs> Uh, well, she, so, got a, she got applause because she was telling Cece that she will never find... Well, the, the, the editing and the sound design seemed very coded to me as this is a famous person we're reacting to. This is the uh, audience going, wow, there's a famous person. Because they don't laugh, they clap. Mm. They clap for famous people. Mm. They don't laugh. And she's a visual. Because I don't think the joke was out. I don't think the joke merited the laugh that it got, but... But they have a sign telling them to laugh, Benjamin. <laughs> I mean, there is that. So I guess the question is, did you like this episode? I uh, I did enjoy this episode. I don't think I enjoyed it like as much mm. as the previous two. I definitely think that it's like there's good bits about it, yeah. but there's less of a. It's not as tight. Yeah, I I actually think it's a little tighter than the previous episode. It's not as flabby, mm-hmm. um, but the the story is a lot tighter. There's less stuff. There isn't really anything that doesn't go anywhere except for the the cold open with the baseball stuff, which even then still yields a pretty cool joke or pretty funny joke with Niles later. But like. Yeah, every scene and every line of dialogue was kind of contributing to this building towards that that scene with the 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 party at the end. Mm-hmm. So I th- I think in terms of tightness of narrative, I think it is tighter than episode two. But also think it's this is an obvious story to do when you have this kind of setup. Yeah. You have you know you have the you have the outsider who's being introduced into basically high society doing a my fair lady parody or a variation on that theme it's kind of an obvious thing to do so i get why get out of the way early like episode three absolutely makes sense to get out of the way and you actually um previously when we had been watching it you had asked whether there was any time of like they do the opposite of like Mm. that of that being a more interesting thing of like making maxwell like having to like flushing maxwell up a little yeah yeah which I think that I think that would be an interesting variation on that theme. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're going to do, if you're going to hit that button, and that's again, it is an easy button to hit. Getting out of the way early is it's probably not a bad idea. I think if they did it later in season one, it would it might feel a little oh they haven't got any ideas this week. Yeah. I think this is they know what they're doing. They know it's an obvious idea. Get it out of the way quickly, and then we can focus on other stuff. Yeah, later. and it is still something that kind of builds toward. Again, we're uh, developing Maggie's self-esteem. We are establishing the kind of back and forth between Fran and Cece. Yes. In a certain way and kind of like making that making that feel very combative. So this episode does play a lot. It's just something of like, I don't think this one's like, oh, I have to watch this episode. Yeah. I, I think as a, as a premise, it feels, well, I can probably skip this one. But I also think that, again... Niles has some has some cracking lines. I think that Fran Drescher gets to play with her character in a fun way because she gets to try to pretend to be this other person mm-hmm. while still saying the kind of lines that she gets to say as as Fran yeah. Fine. And I feel like there's something to she's kind of known for doing the like loud character. Yeah. With a nasally voice and for her being able to put something else on there. It's like, oh, I don't need that voice. To make my lines funny. Yeah. Which is, that's just, and that's the other thing is that's just her voice. And I think that one of the things I love about this episode, which is again, something that is spoken about on one of the documentaries on the DVD, is that she knows what she sounds like. She knows what her laugh is like. 
so she, they push those elements to the forefront. They push the things mm-hmm. that make her who she is to the front of her character. So the idea that she has a nasal laugh, the idea that she has a kind of, for want of a better word, a whiny voice, I think those are things that she's aware of and, and plays with within the context yeah. of the show. And I think this is a good show for her to play up those bits when they're talking about them, but also to show, okay, I can do other things. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I, I, I like this episode. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Can we talk about some British things for a moment? Yeah. Let's talk about being British. I think we spoke a little bit before about how Daniel Davis is not British, but does get cast in British roles uh, on TV and on stage. That's kind of something he is known for. Like I said, the thing I most notably knew him for before The Nanny was Star Trek The Next Generation, where he played Moriarty in two episodes. And I think it is a testament to him as an actor that when he is performing next to an actor with a genuine English accent, that his performance doesn't falter or waver. Like, I made the joke earlier about, do you think that he like, yeah. ha- gets anxiety about before? No, I, think, I don't think he does. I think, I think that the two actors really enjoyed working with each other. I think the... I, I think the Britishisms in this episode are a lot better than just arbitrarily throwing in London Bridge into mm-hmm. if, if you if you jumped off a bridge would you do it uh, from from the previous episode and and again like there are lines that Niles has in this episode that feel like they could have been lifted from a British like the fancy yeah. and the schmancy line the one must inevitably turn to flatulence like these are lines that feel like they could have been lifted from like a British sitcom from the seventies maybe like. I don't really, I, I, I said, let's do this bit. I don't have a bit. I'm just, <laughs> I think I'm actually just really impressed with his performance mm. and with his accent and the way that those two characters play together. Because in, in many ways, Niles as a character feels like an echo of uh, characters from shows like Are You Being Served? And certainly the- I don't know what that it is. It is a British sitcom set in a department store. And the, the kind of the Niles' character, there's a character in Are You Being Served who is kind of, he's a kind of a gently sassy, like, cl- works in the clothing department. I think it's been a long time since I watched that show. But it is considered a classic British sitcom. But also the, the concept of, like, the sassy butler is also a weird, like, 90s American sitcom staple as well. You have- mm. Jeffrey Butler from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, who kind of fills a similar role yeah. in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Of, it's a very, it's not overly mean ever, because it's always yeah. like snide. It's like, I, I know my role yeah. and I know I can't, but I can kind of like, so I will just throw a lot of shade yeah. um, because if I outright say something, I can't do that because that's not my job, Yeah, but I can make it snide. And if you got that, then... You you know you know I got you. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's just a wonderfully it's a very particular character type that could not exist in real life because if you were hired to be someone's butler and you made snide comments about their business partner's sexual proclivities, you would be looking for a new job. Yeah, within days. Yeah, you would be kicked the fuck out. As a character trope, I love it. And I think that the actor does a wonderful job of the material. I think Niles is a wonderful character. We, the thing that we haven't got, apart from in the first episode, we haven't gotten a lot of the interplay between him and Cece yet. No, they which, haven't really got that. Which yeah. It took them a bit to kind of establish, to like really frame of Cece, like them getting that back and forth. Yeah. Niles has made comments about Cece. Cece hasn't really snapped back at yeah. all. Yeah. Because I know that that, that kind of 
comes full circle in the last season. Yeah. No spoilers, of course. In as much as you can spoil a nearly 30-year-old <laughs> sitcom. 30-year-old sitcom. Wow. 30. Andy, I'm coming over your side of the mic. And he's nearly 30 years old. Yeah, you're nearly 35. Yeah. That means that uh, Fran Drescher is 60. Yeah. If they reboot it, okay, that's a general question. If they were to reboot The Nanny, who would you cast as The They've Nanny? They've already talked about this, okay. um, and they wanted Cardi B to do it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. This when did is, this is? Uh, this is like a couple years ago, and actually, there is talk about at least in early 2020, they had talked about um, doing an actual musical of. Yes, yeah, so I do remember hearing about um, that. But it's kind of up in the air because it was supposed to be. Uh, who's the Who's the crazy girlfriend? Uh, Rachel Bloom. Yes, Rachel Bloom and Adam Slush- yes. Schlesinger were going to do it, but he unfortunately he, passed yes. away um, in early 2020. So it's kind of up in the air about where anything will go yeah. uh, past there. Would you Would you go to see the Nanny as a stage musical? Yeah, probably yeah. for a podcast. Sponsor us. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, what are we watching next time? Uh, next time we will watch, I am going to butcher this title, The Nishlip. Maggie goes on her very first date, and Maxwell insists that Fran tag along. Unfortunately, Maggie's date, Eddie, guest star James Marsden, seems to like Fran better. Is he a guest star? Uh, he's not a guest star in the op- in the titles, I don't think. But, uh, according <laughs> well, to this release from Shout Factory, he was a guest star. He was a guest star. I, I, I think he's Jimmy Marsden, and I think he is also credited. <laughs> um, but I guess that's what we're watching next time. Thank you so much for listening to uh, this episode of the podcast. If you like the show and you like what we do, do please consider sharing us with your friends and family on social media, Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, Bebo, MySpace, wherever it is as you want to slap us little podcasts like ours live and die by word of mouth so we would appreciate the words from your mouth being incredibly positive we are on twitter instagram and facebook as out on her fanny and you can also check out our website on oofcast.com that is o-o-h-f-cast.com and don't forget to leave a positive review for us on whichever podcasting app you are downloading us from if indeed they allow you to leave reviews i'm ben padden you can find me on social medias at ben padden and i am at mandy quesadilla wherever you get your internet socials at thank you for listening to this episode of out on her fanny a podcast about the nanny and remember yes yes, we we do do know it means means vagina. vagina Grand Geek Gathering